got a lot of different passages uh, that we'll be looking at, but uh, <clears throat> just kind of have your your hands ready, I guess, as we flip through uh, all all in the New Testament this morning, but looking at the things that God's Word shows us and tells us about fruitfulness. And so, as we consider these things, you know, I guess you got to make sure everybody's on the same page about what it is we're talking about when we say fruitfulness uh, or bearing fruit. You know, when you read the Bible uh, and, and look at it, that's something that occurs a lot of times, uh, Old Testament and New, but really is us uh, for us as Christians today, this idea of fruitfulness is... Uh, it's really things said about it uh, all throughout the New Testament. Uh, Jesus talked about it. John the Baptist talked about it. The apostles talked about it. Uh, it's something that is really uh, paramount in, in our success of living faithfully to God and so uh, worthy of us spending some time talking about it. And uh, If you look up the definition of fruitfulness uh, in vines, uh, you really get the idea. He, he had a lot to say about it, but uh, really you'll get the idea that this idea of fruitfulness or our fruits are a, a visible expression of an inward change uh, is how I want us to be thinking about it. Uh, it. It's what people can see on the outside that we are doing, how we're living, uh, the things we're spending our time involved with, you know, that is our fruits in a sense. Uh, that is that is the visible expression of an inward change that has happened in us. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And so, you know, that's a very important uh, question considering uh, all of the, the information we have about it in the New Testament. It's important for us to consider what are we doing with our daily time? And, and are we doing those things uh, that God uh, tells us to do? Are we doing the things God expects us to be doing? Uh, and accomplishing the things that he wants us to accomplish. And, and I think we all understand here uh, in this group that if we're doing the things that he says, uh, then his word will not return void. You know, his doing the things he says will result in accomplishing the things that he wants accomplished. Uh, that's just the nature of, of how things work. And so uh, first wanted to start with just looking at uh, a good many passages that show us the importance of fruitfulness and, and what all the New Testament has to say about this. And, and the first one uh, is John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8. Uh, when the, the Pharisees and, and these Jews came to John in the wilderness to be baptized by him, um, you know, in verse 8, you know, he says, therefore, bear fruit, fruits worthy of repentance. Uh, and if you look at the context there, you can see that he's talking to the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so he makes this statement, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And, and what is he really saying there? You know, if, if you've repented of your wrongdoing, then we should be able to see that on the outside, right? Uh, and that, that lesson still applies for us today. If if I've uh, repented of doing something wrong, it shouldn't take long for you to be able to see that in my actions, right? If it's, if it's something uh, that was a, a visible action of me doing wrong and I've repented of that, you should see me not doing that anymore. 
Uh, you should see me doing good and right things. And so you know, it's a very basic lesson, but it, it's something, again, that, that John the Baptist told the Pharisees, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And so our actions will show uh, what our fruits are. And, and really our actions are our fruits in, in a sense. So we've got John the Baptist talking about it. Uh, Jesus talked a lot about our fruits and fruitfulness. If you look in uh, Matthew chapter 7, he's got a couple of different things in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus teaches about. Uh, Let's read verses 15 through 20 first. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. And every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. So again, Jesus is teaching there pertaining to false teachers is to look at their actions, look at the fruits, look at what they're doing, and and if the things they are doing are bad and not right, then you can know something about them. You can make a discernment about them. Same thing for uh, those who are good. You will know the good tree by its good fruit. And so in Jesus tying together their uh, actions and, and fruits and how we can use that to discern things, uh, about ourselves and about uh, about others, uh, and and Jesus's expectation for us to look at those things and to discern from that. If you continue reading on that same passage there in verse twenty one, <clears throat> he says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven." Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its falling. And so, you know, Jesus continuing the lesson right after he tells that about the Pharisees and uh, false prophets, uh, about how you can know them uh, from their fruits, Uh, He continues tying that to actions. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Those who do the will of God uh, will. And so, again, just just making that link. And and that's going to be one of the take-home things from my lesson this morning is that our fruits are our actions. Uh, and, And we have to be careful about, and even in my mind, you have to be careful about thinking about our fruits as being just the results of our actions. Our fruits are our actions, and, and those results, if we're doing the right things, those results come from God. And so, um, you know, be, be careful that we don't associate the results only as being our fruits, because it, our fruits are really what we're doing, you know, doing those good and right things. If you look uh, 
in Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, uh, <clears throat> in the sermon, uh, I mean the parable about uh, the souls, I think this is something, we're not going to read all of it, um, but, but in this parable of the sower, what do we have? We've got the sower sowing the, the seed, the Word of God, and it falling on different soils, right? And, and each soil has a varying degree or response uh, when it hears that Word. And, and each soil has different actions. You know, one soil, it doesn't even take root at all. It produces no fruit. Nothing good happens from it. Uh, another soil, it comes up but then withers away. You know, it's not long-lasting, never produces fruit. Uh, and you keep going through that, and you get to that fourth soul, uh, and, and that's the good soul. And what happens with the good soul? It produces fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100, you know, uh, to varying degrees, but it hears the Word of God, it does those things, and it produces uh, that fruit uh, that... God is looking for and so <clears throat> you know we have to to keep that in our mind and and even realize if you look up um, in Strong's uh, some of there's there's many different words used for fruit and fruitfulness but uh, in the context we're talking about uh, some of the meaning behind that original word is talking about fertileness and, and so that you know think about this parable of the sower the good soil is that fertile soil, uh, and you know, for us applying that to ourselves, you know, if we want to be fruitful, we must be that good soil that hears God's word and, and uh, does those things uh, that that He expects. In Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two and verse ten. <clears throat> these fruits are are really what we were created for when we uh, become that new creature when we obey the gospel and and are baptized and bury the old man and become the new man that he wants us to be um, that new creature we've become is is a, a new creature created for good works look in Ephesians chapter 2. And verse 10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so these good works we're created for, that's the fruit that we're created for. That's what God wants us to be busy about doing. Um, when we become that new creature, His purpose for us is to be fruitful. It is to be doing these good works uh, that He has told us to do. Look in John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Verses 23 through 26. Uh, here Jesus is, is talking again, thinking about this, this thought of burying the old man and, and being a new man created. Uh, for God's will. Verses 23 through 26 says, But Jesus answered them, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls onto the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. 
He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me and where I am. There my servant will be also. And if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And so, again, Jesus there uh, alluding to the fact that following him is going to involve this death. And it's this death of, of putting that old man to death and, and this new man living for him, uh, doing those things that he wants to do, is ultimately this fruitfulness that we're talking about. Um, look back, or flip over to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> but now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. Okay, and so again, just a, a snapshot verse there, but it says we have our fruit unto holiness. Uh, and so, you know, we begin to see, and we're going to get a little bit into that in the last part of the lesson, we begin to see that this fruit um, is really this idea of holiness. And, and that's what the, the fruit that we're going to look at, the things that God describes as our fruit, uh, is really this holy living. It's doing those, those good and right things. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Look at, uh, and it, you know, all of these passages just trying to, to build the case for the importance of our fruitfulness and, and the fact that once we become a Christian, that's, that's our goal. You know, the, the fruit of the Word initially, I guess the fruit that is born by us hearing God's Word is our initial obeying the Gospel, right? It's becoming a Christian. And then uh, our continuing on in that way, continuing to bear those fruits, is really uh, what the rest of our life is about. And, and that's what we see... Uh, Paul wishing for all of the brethren that he dealt with and, and all of the places that he went. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. And so here Paul's wish uh, in talking to them is this increase of the fruits of their righteousness. Uh, and, and in the context here, he's talking about their giving to help uh, other saints, but, but it, it all applies this idea of increasing the fruits of our righteousness is the goal of a Christian uh, throughout his life from the time he becomes a Christian uh, till the time he, he's no longer walking about on the earth. Um, look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Uh, Paul has the same wish there uh, for the brethren uh, in Colossae. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Look at what his prayer was uh, for the brethren there. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding 
that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so, you know, again, the same, the same concept over and over again, this idea of, of being fruitful for God uh, is what a Christian's mission is today. Uh, that, that's what we should be focused on. And, and there's a lot of uh, verses we've looked at, at a, I don't know, eight or ten of them showing us that. There's, there's a lot more than that that show us the importance of this fruitfulness uh, and establish the fact that that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so for the, the few minutes we have left, we wanted to look at some verses <coughs> that show us uh, what some of the things are that God wants us to be doing that he, he calls fruit. You know, there's some things that he specifically shows us are this fruitfulness. Um, but before we do that, we need to, again, uh, just kind of drive home the fact and, and not lose the perspective uh, that the, the fruit is us doing those good and right things that we're going to talk about. You know, we've got this the fruit of the Spirit we're going to get to in Galatians 5. Uh, you know, those are the actions, the way that we live. Uh, and if we live those out, if we do those things, uh, then the results that God wants accomplished from that will happen. And so we got to maintain that perspective uh, and, and realize that those fruits are what we are doing and, and that the uh, results uh, are on God's end of the stick. You know, that's what Paul tells us uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, in talking about uh, him and Apollos and, and the problems they were having there at the church in Corinth, uh, is basically God gives the increase. If you look at 1 Corinthians <coughs> chapter 3, you've got this uh, discourse here from Paul starting in verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For if we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building." And so, again, taking that verse uh, just, just to kind of drive home the fact that Paul and Apollos were doing the things that God wanted them to do. And teaching the gospel uh, is one of the fruits that God wants us to be doing. And, and Paul shows us that the increase, the result that comes from that is, is God's. Uh, it's His increase. It has uh, really nothing to do with Paul or Apollos per se. It has to do with God. Um, giving the increase. <clears throat> All right, so when we consider uh, that our fruits are our actions, if we're going to say our fruits are what we're doing uh, and not necessarily the results of it, but, but God's description of what we should be doing, uh, then I think we have to realize you know, that we better be diligently working as hard as we can in producing these fruits and doing these things. We better be busy about working uh, hard to produce that fruit, uh, to do these things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, if you look at Philippians chapter 1, again, this isn't 
a lesson on uh, diligence and hard work, but I think we understand that God expects that and requires that uh, from all of us. So if you look at uh, Philippians chapter 1, we're going to just start kind of looking at a few things that we see being defined as, as fruits, what we should be doing. Uh, Philippians 1 verse 11 says, Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Uh, if you look back, I should have included a few verses before that. Uh, start in verse 9. It says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so Paul there, uh, talking in these, in these two verses about approving the things that are excellent, uh, being sincere and without offense until the day of judgment, uh, and being filled with the fruits of righteousness. And so, uh, you know, all of those things are really the same thing. It's following the will of God. It's doing uh, the, the things God tells us to do. If we're filled with the fruits of righteousness, uh, we're going to be doing those uh, holy living things uh, that, that we see in the New Testament. <clears throat> in James chapter 3, Verse 17, we're told uh, that the wisdom that comes from above is first pure and then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. And so James there uh, painting a picture of, of what God's wisdom looks like and what God's expectation for us is. It's this idea of being first pure and peaceable, uh, being gentle, uh, being willing to yield, being full of mercy and of good fruits. And so... Again, you, you will see these same things pop up every time you, you start seeing a description of these fruits. It, it's these very similar things uh, that will be popping up over and over again. Uh, the, the fruits of the Spirit, you know, is I guess the... If you, want, if you were looking for a list, that would be where you would go. Um, I think you always have to keep in mind that, you know... Just like earlier, it, the, the ways of the flesh uh, here in Galatians 5 is not an all-inclusive list of everything wrong in God's sight. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit is not an all-inclusive list of, of the, the eight or ten things that God requires of us. It, you know, it paints a picture, and these are definitely part of it, uh, but there's things that, that also go along with this that aren't necessarily specifically described, but... In Galatians chapter 5, again, uh, looking at the fruit of the Spirit as we consider fruitfulness, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh and its passion, with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us be, not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. And so, you know, again, a, a, a good description here uh, from Paul of what kind of fruits God is looking for from His children uh, and, and what, you know, what His children should look like when, when we examine ourselves or when we 
uh, are dealing with our brethren and considering those things, you know, these are what we should see on the outside. We should see a, a life of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, um, not conceited, not provoking, not envying. Those type things are the fruits uh, that, that God's children have. That's the fruits that God's children bear uh, and live by. Uh, and, and when we follow those things and, it, and when we display those things in our lives and, and have those attitudes, uh, then we are bearing the fruit uh, that God wants us to bear and, and that will accomplish the things that He wants accomplished. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 9 is, is another verse where we, we see along the same lines uh, says the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so again, this fruit being tied to goodness and righteousness and truth, uh, just like uh, in James, where the wisdom above is first pure, uh, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. You know, all of those things that go along with righteousness that we see in the New Testament uh, fall under our fruit and our fruitfulness. <clears throat> so again, you know, the, the things that, that we're looking at here, the things that we're talking about are not an, an all-exclusive list of you know, items 1 through 23 uh, that a Christian has to do. It, it, it's things that a Christian has to do. It's fruit that a Christian is bearing, but uh, there are other things that, that do go along with those same attributes and fruits that, that we must have also. Again, anything that has to do uh, with righteousness and, and being right and good in God's sight uh, would, would fall under the realm of our fruitfulness. And so... You know, that, that begs the question, uh, do these type of actions, is this fruitfulness something that automatically happens to us when we become a Christian? Is that something that just, you know, we come up out of the water and we're automatically fruitful? It's not that. It's something that we have to work at, right? Uh, it's something we have to grow in understanding of. It's something that we have to apply and practice and do and be diligent uh, in a in and being active about it. And so, <clears throat> you know, as we grow and mature as Christians, uh, our focus on these things should grow and our, our practice of these things should grow. Uh, and again, we will become more and more who God expects us to be. When you think about uh, this idea of fruitfulness and being being busy doing what God wants us to do, it brought to my mind a couple of different passages that we'll close with. If you turn to Matthew chapter 25, uh, that we'll read the whole parable, but you've got here the parable of the talents. Um, and so this is one that we're all familiar with. You have Jesus teaching this. You have a master who's going away and he leaves some of his servants with different uh, tasks to do. Gives, gives one ten, one five, and one one. And they all have the same instructions, right? Uh, and so as you read that parable and the master comes back, who is the one who is in trouble? It's the one who did nothing, right? Uh, the, the one talent man 
uh, who basically didn't follow his master's instructions, did not bear any fruit, uh, which goes right along with what Jesus says about the tree that doesn't bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. This one talent man didn't bear fruit. He was not doing the things that God uh, told him to be doing, that his master told him to be doing. And so he's the one that's in trouble. He's the one that's punished for that. Uh, John chapter 15 is, will be the what we close with. In John chapter 15, I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. And again, thinking about uh, ourselves and, and the fruit that we bear. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abide in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches, and he who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and withered. And they gather them up and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. And by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So again, you know, in closing with that verse, um, I think those eight verses kind of tie together what I was was hoping to to say today that you know one God's expectation that his children do bear fruit right that that we are doing those things that he wants us to do uh, that we are changing to be who he wants us to be uh, and then two uh, that you know that can only be by way of abiding in him by doing those things his way by doing the the things he describes uh, that we should be doing and so uh, when when you realize that when you think about uh, all that the bible has to say about fruitfulness and about the need for it again i hope it it challenges us to examine our daily activities to think about the 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 time we spend doing these things that god wants us to do uh, the the effort we dedicate towards uh, growing in those fruits of the Spirit, uh, changing ourselves to be who God wants us to be. And, and if we realize we haven't been doing that, if we're not diligent in doing that like we should, then we need to, to repent of that and change and, and move uh, in the direction that He wants us to move and do those, those good and right things and produce that fruit that He tells us to produce. Um, we hadn't... Hadn't talked about the, the plan of salvation at all this morning, uh, but you know the lesson really goes hand in hand with fruitfulness. We, we talked about this death of the old man uh, and that that's really uh, where our salvation is, is our submitting to God, uh, confessing Jesus as being uh, our Christ and our Savior, uh, being buried in baptism with Him and coming up this new man created for good works, created to do God's will, created to bear much fruit uh, like He wants us to do. And so if you've never uh, submitted to God, if you've never uh, done those things and become a Christian initially, 
you know, then the things we've been talking about, really, uh, they aren't for you yet. They're, they're for those who uh, have, have first obeyed the gospel and, and are a child of God. And then once we do that, uh, we, we continue a walk faithfully to Him, uh, doing everything else we've talked about this morning. And so, you know, we, we offer this opportunity to anyone who's never become a Christian uh, to do that this morning. Uh, for anyone who is a Christian and, and feels that they haven't been living faithfully to God and, and would like the help and prayers of the brethren here, we certainly are here to help with that and, and be glad to, um, to help you in that regard as we stand and sing.